Hello, 24 Karat Conversations. Welcome hey, back. Hey, peeps. <laughs> so I am super excited today to introduce our guest. Her name is Sarah Orlando, and we met through a group, um, a group of women that we were part of this amazing group. It's no longer in place, but now we have a we have a, uh, what is it, an ambassador team is what we have, Sarah, I think that's what Yeah, something it. like that. Alumni, alumni yeah. is what they call it. But this is, I'm just, just to let you people know, like get involved in those groups on Facebook because those people connect you to other people and you end up meeting some pretty amazing individuals. So I met Sarah. Good networking. <laughs> yes, it's amazing networking. And it's fun. It is, right? <laughs> to meet people from all over the country, the world. Um, but I met Sarah and I just was so impacted by our conversation. I had to have her on. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we're going to go into asking her some questions. Um, so Sarah D'Orlando is an author, speaker, and the chief hope giver. I love that. Of Sarah D'Orlando coaching. And she and her husband have a super cute little girl. We call her bug, Sarah. Bravely left her structural engineering career, which is very brave because I'm sure that was not easy. After an experience in Poland revealed her true purpose to live rooted in Jesus, love and lavish it on others. Her passion is to coach women to discover and embrace their vibrant journey with the Lord. So together they can impact nations and generations for Jesus. So welcome, yes. welcome, welcome. Woo. Oh, thank that, you. Yeah. So that's Sarah, amazing. So Sarah, we just kind of want to know a little bit about your story. First off, let's just start with like leaving your career and Poland. Like what do those two things, how did that happen? What happened? Match that together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, that's a long story, but I'll try to make it somewhat bite-sized for you. First, thank you so much for giving me space to encourage you both. And in your audience, it's such a blessing to be here. So how did I become a structural engineer? I went there because I thought, you know, I was good at it. I was smart, but I was going to get my own honor and my own glory for being this engineer. And I just wanted to set myself apart from the path that I was on as a kid. I had a kind of rough childhood and had some trauma. My parents got divorced and there's just a lot of different things. So I clung on to academics and really excelled. So it led me on to engineering and then engineering is like super safe, steady path, right? As long as you can pass the exams, like every, everybody's methodical, you know, you always have job security. So I thought I was pretty set. Like I would just be an engineer for the rest of my life and that would be it. Although I had this heart of compassion and I wanted to help people. I've always been mentoring, like my kid brother, I was preparing him for kindergarten, like saying, okay, these are your letters, Cameron. We're going <laughs> to learn these. I was, I'm two years older than he is. And I just have this heart to encourage and help people. So I didn't know how those two meshed. And I thought mm. it was like mentoring young women to get into engineering mm. and also travel, supporting international non-government organizations, maybe rebuilding bridges or as a structural engineer, retrofitting um, buildings so they could withstand earthquakes. Like in Haiti, I volunteered to go on a relief mission there through my company. I was not selected. I was underqualified, but that was what I was going for. I wanted big projects, big impact and to help people. And so when the opportunity for my company had a spot in Poland, 
I, I kind of thought it was a joke. Like who wants to go to Poland? I mean, there are so many other beautiful European countries that I would visit before going to Poland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then God turned that on its head because now I love Poland. I love the people. I just love the culture. And he just gave me a heart for that country. And so wow. from thinking it's a joke to, I think I'm going to apply to this position just took a couple of months. Now, my husband and I were paying off all of our student loan debts and we had over $256,000 in wow. debt combined. Wow. Wow. And it was a giant to tackle, like a giant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when Poland came up, it was like, hey, I'll make some extra money. I'll get to work internationally. I'm going to build my name. And God was like, oh, I'll focus around <laughs> you. <laughs> We've got some work to do. And so how those two things collided. And then from that experience in Poland, it eventually led me to writing a book, eventually led me to realize that he'd given me more skills, more desires, more compassion that could be used in other ways that didn't revolve around staying on that safe engineering path. So what I love, so, you said something, I'm sorry, you said something about God moving you and you know, that it was in that move that things started to happen. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's amazing because God sometimes mm -hmm. does move us to heal us right mm -hmm. from things we don't even know. Yeah. I wanted to point that out. That's, that's very good. Yes. And he literally plucked me out of all my security. My husband stayed stateside. I went to Poland I didn't really know a soul. I had a, like two acquaintances from work and that was it. So there was a lot of work in my heart, a lot of loneliness that drew out the true desires um, I had in my heart, the true desire to seek that comfort and that love from God, actually. So he was pulling out all the securities that you had from home. So tell me about like the emotions of Poland that you talked, you said you found different emotions there. Like what were some of those things that you discovered when you got there? Different emotions. The first six weeks, I was so depressed and so lonely, doubting myself and my abilities as an engineer, mm. uh, doubting my abilities to make friends as an introvert. I really dislike small talk. So I just felt like every day was full of small talk and I just wanted to go to my room and listen to music or go for a, a walk by myself. I didn't want to like chit chat in the office. And so I was like, oh, I'm so lonely. I want my friends back home. I want my husband, but you're doing something here, God. And I don't know what it is. I need you. And so mm. I started spending one day on the weekends, just consuming his word, listening to a podcast and like journaling about it. Not just like, okay, yeah, I got it. And then like go about, but really soak it in, go for a long walk in the forest. Mm. And so that started to bring up hope in me and peace in me, even though I hadn't met another soul deeply yet he was sustaining me for those first few weeks and then I had a co-worker bravely say okay let's start the paleo diet together do you want to do this with me and she invited herself over for dinner practically oh. and <laughs> loved my cooking 
which I was not like, I had insecurities about that too. I was just very private person. And she was like, we're doing this every night. And so then it it was like comfort and friendship. Mm -hmm. And all the while God was showing up and saying, I love you. I see you. Mm -hmm. I love you. I see you. And a few weeks after that, he connected me with a local church that spoke English and Polish, which was miraculous. And the, the sweet friend, she's now a sweet friend. Her name is Gosha would sit beside me and translate word for word, the sermons of her father. That was the pastor. And she would just invite me to coffee, show me the cleaning products I needed <laughs> because I can't read Polish. Not very well. Oh, oh didn't even think about that. So, yeah. The culture. You don't know what you're like, buying. <laughs> right. I was like, uh, I think this is for my toilet. <laughs> but just the ways that God showed up for me, it was so personal and so comforting And so after that switch, when I began to get that community, I got plugged in with a church. I knew God was, was working. Mm -hmm. And those sermons, I I can't even express how much those impacted my heart. They were messages like God has you here for a purpose. And I was like, do they, is he speaking to me? And I was (laughs) like, and I took it to heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, I probably had heard a message similar to that, but over my head this time I was like oh Jesus you see me and I believed it and so then I was able to step into more of who he created me to be and have that confidence Mm -hmm. Sarah in your your Mm -hmm. book you wrote um some, and this, this struck me because you put on unex, unexpected occasions when my internal chaos was still enough to hear the Lord's voice, a whisper of hope rose from my soul. I was made for more. Yeah. And I love that. And I feel like that's what you're saying is that you yeah. were able to get still and quiet enough to hear the Lord's voice. And I think sometimes I think, especially like in America, because we have so many things clamoring for our attention yeah. The, we have to actually make conscious choices to get quiet with God because otherwise we could just go all day long oh. and think we're hearing God's voice, but we're not because we are yes. just staying busy thinking we're doing God's work, right? We're ministering mm-hmm. to people and we're helping people, but sometimes God wants to work on us. And mm-hmm. that's when he, you know, I feel like he pulled you away and he was like, yeah. my daughter and pulling you away so that I can, you know, have time with you and be intimate with you. Mm-hmm. The other thing I uh, was thinking too, when you were talking is that God can make your home anywhere. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that is a beautiful truth. And I've realized that since moving to Poland and then we came, I came back to Massachusetts and two months after that, we started prepping for moving to California and now we're in Texas. So every time I've moved, God is gracious and setting up a home, setting up new friends, new places that would delight me. And it's like, he's just showing off now. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I know it won't be the same. He's not going to give me a double rainbow and give me a link to a church every time. That's what happened yeah. in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, talk about that a little bit then. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about so, the rainbow and the link. <laughs> yeah, the double rainbow. So imagine sitting in a drafty old musty building that Hitler probably sat in, quite honestly. 
I was working in a military base and just going about my day, trying to look busy because we didn't have a lot of work yet. And I still didn't want to get fired. And I get this email from one of my good friends back in the States. And she's like, here's a church you might want to check out. And then like, that was it. Just give me a, she gave me a link and I clicked on it and I just knew it was home. I just saw the, the photos of the people, the fact that the website was in English, <laughs> it just, okay, I'm going. I looked at the services. They had one that night and I was a little bit too afraid to go that night. I was like, okay, I got to scope it out. So I walked past the church that <laughs> night. I was like, okay, now I know where I'm going. I can walk there on Sunday. You didn't want to be a complete blind date. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to like completely show Let me up. Google it first. <laughs> Let me Google it. Let me email the pastor and say, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm new, to, I'm new to your city. I love Jesus. And do you have services in English? And what time should I come? Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard a word. <laughs> As I said, the email, but I looked out over this military base in this place where there's so many horrid things were planned and probably executed, but there was a double rainbow over the runway. Mm-hmm. And it was the most vibrant rainbow I've ever seen. Wow. wow. And I knew it was for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the climate we're in with uh, the Russians, you know, invading Ukraine and the Ukrainians going to Poland for safety. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Like, how, what do you think, how they're being received? Oh my gosh. I am overwhelmed by the kindness of the Poles. But what I didn't know until recently when I was speaking with a friend that she is half half Polish, half Ukrainian. The Poles and the Ukrainians um, most recently like don't get along. Like there's family tensions and they just do not um, like each other. There's a lot of that deep seated. It kind of reminds me of like Romeo and Juliet where she, my friend was describing her families and how they really, really like didn't want the marriage, didn't want all those details. And yet these people are moved with compassion and getting over these old hates and hurts and seeing the need and coming alongside these Ukrainian moms and children and just sharing from their home. And I think it doesn't surprise me based off of what I saw and the kindness of the people and that community of, of welcoming me in as a foreigner, kind of a different situation, but just moved with compassion um, to see how they're giving out that love. Yeah. Making a space. It's interesting that you say too, that they, they're kind of competing countries and Mm -hmm. yet, and when push comes to shove, they feel the compassion to let them in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So God still wins. <laughs> yeah. God still wins. And yeah, his heart is for nations and generations and healing what has been broken. So that brokenness of Poles versus Ukrainians um, is finding some restoration right now. And I see the Lord working so much in that area and bringing hope and restoration in such trying times, such hard, um, 
Yeah. Our brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, when you were there, I mean, you, they, you said they welcomed you, which I think is so amazing, right? Because, you know, we're Americans and going to a foreign country, we're often not welcomed mm-hmm. into a place. And so how did, um, you know, them welcoming, welcoming you allow yourself to be opened up to what was to come? Because you're, I mean, you're a structural engineer, which one, by the way, is a pretty male dominated industry. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and you have to be super smart. Yeah, I know you were like, Oh, <laughs> just not to like throw yeah. that aside because <laughs> we certainly could not be engineers. I can barely do math. Let's <laughs> just say I waited till not my, my strong point. college you have to do math. <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> oh. Oh. But, um, you know, it, So how did it pivot you to like leaving a career like that? So you're in Poland for the structural engineer. Mm -hmm. How long were you there? And then how long was it before you got that thing that went, yeah, there's, there's so much more. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll always be a structural engineer. That's your trade. But like, when did God move you into more of like the ministry focus and like, what is your goal to help others? Like, how do you, what are you? What are you wanting to do to help them and inspire them? Oh my them? goodness. I love I the phases love the of question. this question. Okay. All right, Rhonda, I'll do my best to prompt me as I go. Um, One bite at a time. Yeah. So the first thing was being accepted and kind of pushed into it. The pastor asked me to share my testimony like three weeks after I had joined the church. Wow. And it was a church of maybe 30 to 50 people, depending on a Sunday. And I knew that I had to say yes. And as I wrote it, I realized how broken I had been from the trauma and abuse of my childhood, you know, my parents getting separated and so many of the lies I had believed Mm -hmm. God had already started to give me revelation of what he was doing in Poland. At that point, it was maybe two months there. And I I realized this is powerful and it's not because, Hey, I'm awesome and I'm smart and I'm doing these things. But God mm-hmm. took where I was and the trajectory I was, you know, I could have ended up pregnant at, at, you know, as a teenager, to be quite honest. And God didn't allow that for whatever reason and knew that wasn't the path that I needed to take to get to this point now where I, I sit at 33. So it planted that seed and set the stage of truly being myself and showing up because when I shared my testimony and I shared the ugliness of the sins and the brokenness that I felt, I had never said that to like anybody before, beside maybe one or two people in small conversations, but never to a group. And they leaned in and, you know, they, they got emotional with me and just gave me compassion. Yeah. And God just was like, you're, you're here. And this is part of, part of your story. And I'm doing so, so much more, so much more. So. And was was it in the, it's in the saying it, like actually naming what you've been through. Yeah. Where the healing process actually could start. And yeah, I don't know, maybe that wouldn't have happened had you had stayed in the States. Um, I think we have a really hard time. One is women, but two is just individuals mm-hmm. saying where we are or how broken we are in different seasons mm-hmm. of our lives. You know, we mm-hmm. each have a story. I mean, 
Phyllis shares her story of, you know, she has a community of women who have been unmothered. And mm. in that, she's able to open up and, you know, people are able mm. to see, um, you know, what her story is. So I think that you being able to share it was probably the first yeah. step into healing. Yes, truly, truly. Mm -hmm. And giving me that seed of, I need to share this more. Mm -hmm. I don't know to who, mm -hmm. but I'm going to share it. And then a few months later, an acquaintance sat down with me for coffee and said, you need to write about this. You need to write a book about this time. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, hmm, okay, I think so. I got a little mired in the details. You know, the engineering brain was like, who do I need to get approval to write about work? And then I was like, <laughs> No, kind of got stuck on stuff like that, yeah. but God, God worked out the details and what to write about anyway. That wasn't the heart of the book by any way. Yeah. <laughs> it was like finding your true yeah. purpose. Yeah. It wasn't the engineering path. It was the path of who you are and how you can show that with others. Yes. So I left Poland after eight months. It was so hard and I fell into a pit of depression. I thought I would go back to the States and write my book and be done and be great and feel joyful and peaceful. But I felt like my, my family had been taken away from me and my, my poor loving husband was like, you know, but I'm here. And I was just weeping on the couch one day. And I said, I want to go home. And he's like, you are home. And it just, it really felt like I had lost a part of me. And I wanted to desperately go back there, but God was showing me as you were saying earlier, Phyllis, he can make you feel at home anywhere. So mm -hmm. he's slowly been showing me that that's like six years now in the process, yeah. but I knew, okay, when the time is right, I'm going, I'm going to write my book. So I didn't start writing until two years later, but when I did, it just flowed out of me. It was beautiful. Just sweet moments with Jesus. Yeah. And it was an hour at a time uh, or two if hours. You find, if you know, like you have to do something, sometimes the timing isn't right. Yeah. So you, it's okay to put it aside and, yeah. and kind of um, sit with it for a minute and decide like, not that there's ever a perfect time. Mm -hmm. And I think you discovered when you write a book, more anxiety and more things pop mm -hmm. up. So mm -hmm. it's actually very hard and cathartic at the same time. Yeah. So you have to be prepared for that. And really, um, you have to pray a lot harder because the enemy will come in because he doesn't want you to spread your message out to other people to help them find their yeah. purpose and he things. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's a process. And I think the reason you felt uh, pulled away from Poland is because that's where you found your path. Right. Mm -hmm. And so no, I want to be in that happy spot again. And now you have to go back to reality yeah. of things before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And things are probably just slower. There's probably a slower pace of life in Poland as well. And so yes. I'm sure, you know, adjusting from being there eight months to coming back to the United States where it's so busy all the time and everyone's yeah. striving, right? They're striving to do something. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think when God gets your heart, and you've learned to be quiet with him, it's really hard to go back to striving. Like it's, it's uh -huh. difficult to want to feel yeah. that, like I have to do something. So, yes. um, so you wrote the book mm -hmm. and 
you know, who did you write this for? Because I actually been reading your book and it's beautiful. And I love the pictures in it because she's pictures. I love a book with pictures. (laughs) Visual, visual. I do. I love it. She's got pictures in there and I love it. Um, But when you wrote it, like, who were you hoping to reach? Whose hearts were you hoping to reach? Mm, It was truly for myself a few years before like where I was stuck, where I was feeling ashamed and hidden and unloved Mm -hmm. to to fast or not to fast forward, to rewind five or 10 or even 20 years to that person that is stuck in that brokenness and maybe Mm -hmm. trying to run away from God's love. Love But he always pursues. And so the heart Mm -hmm. of it is that the reader would understand how much God is following them and wants to love on them, wants to lift them up and restore them. But we need to realize that he's inviting us. He's offering, he never forces himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. God is a gentle God. I've always remembered that, you know, he's going to, yeah. he will pursue you, but he is not going to, hunt you down, you know, yes. he's not going to push you to yes. any place that, and sometimes it's hard to step into those places that, you know, God wants you because it's, it's scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, he might be wooing you that way, but really we have free will to be able to, yes. to do it. And I think Poland for you was such a life-changing event where you were able to actually, like you said, rewind and go back to some really hard thing. I think when we sit quietly, yeah. we're actually able to remember some things that, that where the pain is, you know, the little pockets of pain that we have in our hearts. And so when working with um, women, your coach, you coach. So how, how do you do that? What are you coaching them on? How are you doing your business? Tell us a little bit about all of that. And then about Uh, the book you're writing, your next book you're writing. Oh gosh. Okay. So I love coaching women that realize that there is something more for them, something inside their heart. Maybe they are able to articulate a little bit of it, but just like this excitement or feeling like God's leading you somewhere. I don't know what, or they're already in the midst of it, but they're like, well, this is, this is a bit big. I need some help because my heart is to come alongside and encourage and support with truth, with biblical truth and with practical bite-sized steps. I was just speaking with an old client today and she said, when I work with you, it feels like I'm not climbing mountains. And I was Mm. like, that's such an Mm. interesting thought. Like we are climbing mountains and we are working toward, you know, where, where God is leading us and growing and stretching, but it doesn't seem as hard because we're doing it together. And so that's what I love to do as a coach. And I coach in groups. I have a, a coaching group that's pretty intensive for 12 weeks. And we meet for an hour every week. I also have a mentoring group for women that, are just working on getting started in their business. It's called women entrepreneurs mentoring. And then one-on-one coaching, we could do anything because we're one-on-one. We can talk about your business, your life, everything um, in, in between, but it truly, truly starts with believing the truth about what God says. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do what he, his promises are and acknowledging the way that he's created you. And it takes time. It's not a one, one tearful session and you're done. And I'm still learning that process too, but that reinforcement 
And then we take an action that confirms that belief, a reinforcement. And so providing a space for women to be them full, their full selves and not play small, not say, oh, I, I'm just working on a little book. I'm just this, mm. I, you know, this, oh, this little thing. Um, I want a space where we can show up mm-hmm. and be ourselves, our true selves and share what God has placed in our hearts. So good. That is a, a nutshell of my coaching. <laughs> And I love it. I absolutely love working with um, women and connecting, hearing their stories and encouraging them on the path that God has for them. In my new book, it's called 40 Days to Awaken Hope. So if you are looking for more, for more of what God has for you, he is hope. And he has hope for your life. He has Mm -hmm. hope for your story and for the dreams that you have hidden in your heart, um, like these little seeds that are ready to bud and blossom and produce good fruit. So the idea of that book is to help us remember who God is and his character, remember who we are and what he says about us. And then how do we live it out? Not in a striving way, but in that restful way. And I, I tie in pieces from my time in Poland and share stories of how I've been walking it out to encourage the reader to reflect and think about what can I do this week to rest and make space? Or am I doing this activity because I want to gain worth and significance? And this is something I'm, I'm still working yeah. through. Or do I already know my worth and significance in Jesus? And from that place, I'm showing up in writing or volunteering for this activity or producing Mm -hmm. this blog. And that's gut-wrenching. It's it's like, oh gosh, I've really been operating more and more in my flesh than I want to admit. Mm -hmm. And Ron, I think you'd you'd mentioned that too earlier. It's so easy to say, but my God, we're doing all these things for you. And he's like, (laughs) I just want you to be with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, I have a speaking coach that says she calls it the hustle, mm. like a godly hustle. Like we're doing it for Jesus. So people just women, especially yeah. to stay busy, busy and do all the, it's all the good things. Mm-hmm. I think just take a step back and go, is it necessary to do all mm. things may just be one thing. Yeah. Or maybe it, you have to put it all aside and do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great question to check ourselves and say, do we believe in God's timing or are we trying to force it? Mm-hmm. Now, is he greater than our, our schedules or he's greater than this opportunity that will never happen again? It's just being aware of those lies the enemy tries to trick yeah. us into that creates stress strife mm-hmm. i know you know i get snippy with my husband when i'm operating in that and with my four almost four-year-old daughter so a godly hustle is a, a big trap yeah. that i have yeah. to check myself daily and i do think god is in this season especially i'm noticing he's just calling us back to simplicity mm-hmm. i mean i'm seeing it not only from you know with with people that i've surrounded with but also just within the churches like Mm. that it's not about the lights and the show and all of the things that we think are pleasing to God but it's Mm -hmm. really about the simplicity of 
are you worshiping me? Like, are you taking the time mm-hmm. to see? And I mean, even, you know, I, I was just at a retreat a couple of weeks ago and we were in there. She encouraged us to go outside and just listen to the birds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't do that enough. We just don't like we, we sit yeah. there and then it makes you reflect about like the birds, like there they are chirping first thing in the morning. They're not worried about, mm-hmm. you know, where their next meal is coming from mm-hmm. or, you know, what, what the next weather you know, storm is bringing in, they're just yeah. out there. And so it, it really, that retreat really impacted me in a way of like, man, Rhonda, like you got to like slow down and, and give it a minute. And so I've been intentionally like trying to just sit in his presence more mm. frequently. And I think as we do that, we're able to hear him speak and our purpose just becomes so much greater because it's not about us. It's about him. Yes, truly. So we have one final question. One final question. Are you ready? (laughs) It's always our our signature question. And it is, what would you tell your 22-year-old self? (laughs) Which she's not that far away from that, but. (laughs) I feel like it's been decades because of the amount of growth that, that Jesus has done in my heart. And so in that place, I was running from God. I didn't honestly really know if he existed newly married in the midst of college and graduating. And just, I would say, okay, this is going to be hard. (laughs) Sarah, I see you. And I see (laughs) below that surface that you have built up those walls around you I see it and I love you and you're gonna be okay you're gonna be more than okay because God has so much more for you and he is ready for you when you are Mm, that's good that's so good oh oh that stirred up some stuff you know Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you can look back, uh, you know, at 22. So I have a saying that my girls are one, one is 32 and one's almost will be 28 next week. Mm -hmm. Just tell them your twenties or your crying years. (laughs) It's just the hardest time of who you are. And I feel like when you hit 30, either you're going down a really bad trajectory (laughs) It's going to be a long road or you, you start figuring it out and start making some big changes. And it sounds like that's what you, God is really taking you on that journey and you're learning that lesson and that's beautiful. So I love your tears because it's like, that's a tender spot, right? Looking back and feeling at 22, like, oh my gosh, like I have my whole life ahead of me and this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden it's like life hits you. Yeah. (laughs) nothing what I thought it would be, but it can be better. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. 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 yeah what an amazing, sweet conversation with you. You're just, I, I love you from the moment I spoke with you the first time I was like, this girl is like amazing. And I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in your ministry. And not only with the book, you guys must go get it. Love letters from Poland. It's called an unexpected memoir and freedom, a song of a broken heart restored. Mm -hmm. And then your new book, which is, what's the name of that again? 
40 days to awaken hope. 40 days to awaken. And how many days are we away from it launching? (laughs) That's a great question. And that's a TBD. So follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm just going to be sharing the the writing process and give behind the scenes. Get prayers, honestly. Yes. A lot of prayer. Because like you had said, Phyllis, that the enemy attacks when you're oh, sharing yeah. God's word. So I am inviting my community to rally around me as I work on this book, hopefully by the end of the year that it'll, it'll be out. I'm excited for that. And so tell us that your Instagram handle where they can reach you on Facebook. Yes. Website. Yes. It is all, all my name. So if you Google Sarah Day Orlando and Day Orlando is spelled D-E and then Orlando is just like the city. And that's on Instagram. My website is the same, just sarahdayorlando.com. And then on Facebook, I think I'm sarahdayorlando.coaching. Okay. Go we'll to Instagram. Sure that's, we'll make sure that's all in the We'll show have all the links. You. Don't worry about yes, it. We will make sure have all the links there. But thank you so much for joining us today. And we're just so excited to see what God has in store for you in the future. And 24 Carat Conversations, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on 24 Carat conversations. Join our Facebook group. And until next time, sparkle on. Bye peeps. Bye.